Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series. I'm sitting down with Logan Lamance, Austin Maxwell, and Teddy Girard, the original founders of Kanga. Really cool company, which is simple design, but it's, it's really just a koozie for your case of beer. We walk through their story of really how they started as a class project, ultimately scaled to a Kickstarter campaign, and then ultimately scaled even more to being invited to go on Shark Tank and received investment into their company as well. This has been a really fun episode. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're, we're going to sit down and really just walk through their story of, of what they did and lessons they learned, how they built their company, what steps and procedures did they do to scale. Super pumped to be sitting down with all of them. As a brief reminder, take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcasts, share this with a friend, and thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. How's y'all's day going? How's Charlotte been for you guys so far? I know you just got up here earlier today, so. It's been good, man. It's been good. A lot of rain today. Heavy downpour. I'm driving a beat up old pickup truck. Teddy was the lucky guy that had to ride with me, so we lost traction a little bit and a little, and a little. Got to experience a fishtail on the interstate. Yeah. It's a great way to start. The you day. guys are the worst with following the GPS, but as soon as I told you guys that at Ikea, I took the wrong turn. <laughs> I was sending an email at the yeah, light. I've never, I've never seen anyone email and drive quite like Austin. <laughs> text and drive, maybe. Yeah. Email and drive, That's he's going to leave his own right there. Yeah, he's got to do it. Cop pulls him over. Were you texting? No, sir, I was emailing. <laughs> I don't know what the cop's going to say. But we got an order, and Austin stick his hand out for a fist bump. And the thing is, the cop would give him one. As I'm like, going to our going south. I mean, yeah. So when you email on the road, do you put, like, you know, sincerely Austin, or are you just basically doing text and email? How, how does yeah, that Yeah, no, I use every type of punctuation that I can. So, sorry, Mom, but I do take my eyes off the road when I'm sending this is them not emails. A, it's not a Kanga-sponsored strategy yeah, I have Spark, Gmail, and the regular Apple email. So when I get one email, oh. I get three notifications because I need to know if it's important. So... It was important enough to miss the turn. I was late. So see, I'm like anti-notification. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate notifications. Honestly, I, I I had a feeling when I was trying to text you to schedule this podcast, <laughs> it'd be like ten hours later. It'd be like, yeah, man, we're down. Let's ride, <laughs> dude. When like when I'm on, I'm on. Like you can expect a reply, but like when I'm off, like I'm hardcore off. Dude, like, I'm very similar to Teddy. But if you were texting Austin that, you'd had that reply before your message fully sent. Yeah. You know how that goes? Sometimes it switches a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, is this kid just living on his phone every? He does. I get. I get. This is best asset, though. I mean, seriously, it really is. If I if I went to jail, I would call Austin. If I had three people, I'd call. I would call Austin three times. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that meme that goes around that it's like, yeah, if you were going to prison or if you had a gun to your head, who would you call? Everyone texts me in that. 
Everyone. Because he's going to pick up. He's going to be like, what did you do this <laughs> Two rings. <laughs> Two yeah. rings, tops. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you'd call Austin before your parents? Austin would pick up before my mom. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents are spotty with the phones, too. It we runs like to, in the family. We like to practice no phone Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Man, well, I'm super pumped to have y- y'all on here. I know it's been a, a long time coming. Um, we've been trying to get this scheduled. Obviously, Teddy's not the best at texting, so I'm um, really pumped that you guys are on here. So I just wanted to personally thank each and every one of you for taking the time to be on the episode. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man. We always love, love every opportunity we get. Go cool. Tigers. Yeah, oh, big go Tigers. So how um how did you guys even meet? I mean, you guys have such good synergy together. Even just describing your, your little uh, ec- epidemic on the road of swerving and everything, it seems like just so natural how y'all work together. So how did you even end up meeting? Yeah, I mean, none of us really knew each other well before Kanga. Uh, Austin and Teddy kind of have a, a side story where they kind of, from in similar hometowns. Yeah, I mean, it, well, first off, it started off with some beer. So <laughs> without further ado. Yeah, you can't Austin. come on a podcast without bringing a cold 12 pack. Ah, <laughs> so, oh, thank you. There you go. I'm going to give you the ord. Uh, Logan, you Is get that the one, one you for poured Clemson? out because you didn't like it? I want that same. No, no, no that was, that oh, was, some, it was like a sweet potato beer. That was heinous. Yeah, I don't know why you Man, this one. is super cold. How long has that been in there? Uh, 10 days. <laughs> 10 days? Yeah. <laughs> no, two th- hours, maybe. Maybe two. Yeah. Oh, what oh, a wait, sound. Hold up. We'll do a cheers, but the mics <sighs> are kind of in the way, so. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Mm. Tastes yeah, like Teddy. Teddy and I, yeah, so I graduated in 2017, and Teddy started college in... 2016. 2016. So we're... I met you in 2016. Yes. Teddy and yeah. I are four years apart. Mm-hmm. We uh, we met down at Florida State Tailgate, and Teddy was shooting a video, and I was running around doing a tailgate for an alcohol brand that I worked with, and we just crossed paths, and I knew he was talented with the, a camera in his hand, and... Uh, we ended up coming full circle after Logan started this as part mm-hmm. of the class project. Yeah, yeah, we started as a class project, and then, like, really, Kanga brought us all together. Mm. I, mean, I think one of the best things about our company and our culture is what do we have to really enjoy doing? Beer. I mean, drinking beer, keeping yeah. beer cold, having fun, going at it. I mean, that's kind of what brings us all together. And we have an interesting mix of, of personalities. Like, no two of us are the same, but we all kind of bring a different element to the team that all, like, you can see a story today. Like, just... Coming to Charlotte, we had all these different things happen, and you just kind of, you know, we have fun. Yes, yeah. for sure. So class project, was it, what, what was it? I assume it's start your own business, pitch it to the class. Yeah, it was right? an entrepreneurship class project, gotcha. and it was basically create an idea to a problem you see that needs to be solved. And so, you know, a lot of people, and the, the goal of the class was to do like a smaller scale business, you know, build it up, get a little experience running a business through the, the semester, kind of learn some principles along the way, and get a little taste of entrepreneurship, get a little hint of it. But um, I'd kind of done a little bit of that in the past. Like I'd, I'd started a house painting business my freshman year of college, mm. you know, kind of learned a lot on the ground there. Just, you know, got a, a big taste of fire, you know, entrepreneurship, like drinking from a fire hose, like you said earlier. Um, it, it was a lot. And it was kind of one of those things where I learned how to really handle myself in that situation, learned how to become an entrepreneur. And did two years of that, you know, was able to pay my way through college. And so by the time I got to that class project, it wasn't, I want to do something little to get a taste of it. It's like, I need an idea because I'm addicted to it. I mm. need something to go. So, uh, when I created the idea, it was kind of like, you know, most people go, oh, I wonder if I'll do this after class. Me, it was like, awesome. I'm doing this, and this class is a great way to, to get it kicked off and get it started. And so, you know, with that, you know, we opened up some holes in the team uh, that we needed to be filled. You know, Austin came on, you know, first before anybody else. You know, we needed a sales guy. He's the smoothest talker I've ever met. You know, we needed someone to sell it. 
and uh, and he does a great job with that. And then we kind of get a little farther down the road, and then Austin's connection with Teddy kind of played out pretty well. I mean, we needed yeah. someone not only to sell it but to show it on social mm. and to market it. And so Teddy had the experience there and the expertise. But it's kind of funny too, because when Austin came on, Austin was originally like the social guy and yeah. I was kind <laughs> of like under him. And then eventually it was like, like, I don't think we ever really like argued about mm. positions or even talked about what they were. It's just kind of like all of a sudden one of us saw a gap that needed to be filled and the other person was either paths were crossing and someone was like, just kind of like, all right, Hands in the air, yep. take it. I'm going Absolutely. to the next thing. It's great self awareness. That's like yeah. the one thing is when the reason that I really got involved with King in the first place is because I saw the original Kickstarter video. It was two months into the class project, and the video was terrible. And I am also terrible at making videos, but I knew <laughs> I could make a better one than yep. that, or I could at least connect someone who did. So when I joined the team and started with social and marketing and stuff, I knew that I was a little bit out of my element. I knew that there were people better at marketing and videography and photography mm -hmm. than I was. And that's when we brought Teddy on board. And then when Teddy came on, we thought there would be some involvement on the website and the digital space. And that's when we realized there was a gap there. So Teddy brings on his roommate who has experience in that realm. And it's just crazy how it all goes around. And we all know what we're good at, but what's more important is we all know what we're really bad at. Mm. And that's something we that's all really compliment important. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you can really form that complimentary set right there. But I think the, the biggest thing, too, is just the benefit of starting a, a, a company in college. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of downsides for sure. But to be able to kind of spiral your way from networking, this friend, that friend has a skill set in this, skill set in this, and to kind of come together and do this, like we couldn't have done this outside of a college right. in, in that environment. So that was one of the big ups for us. I think it's, like one of my favorite stories was just uh, when they were doing the first Kickstarter and it was still in class project mode, I got reached out to freshman year and they were like, hey, can you come film our Kickstarter video at the pier? And I, yeah, I tried to get good people to do it. <laughs> nobody wanted to. Yeah. I, told, I told them no because I wanted to go wakeboarding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I came back in uh, over the summer and it was either, okay, I have, I've made money over the summer. I can either join a fraternity or I can like put it into something. Mm. And coming like growing up, like my dad was an entrepreneur. So was my mom. They started a company together too. But um, I mean, as soon as like first grade, I remember we lived on a golf course and we were by the hole where the biggest like brush was. And I used to walk out there, go scoop up all the golf balls. And I had like a Google sheet of like the best balls. I used to go clean them all. And then I had a cardboard sign that said, you suck golf balls, like $2. Nice. <laughs> and people would come by and just like buy more balls and stuff like that. And I would just pocket the money. Yeah. And like then in high school, I ran my own t-shirt company where I paid my sister a dollar shirt to literally sew on a pocket. <laughs> and so I made like 500 bucks off of that and then called it quits because my sister was about to like file me for child labor. And then, uh, <laughs> but then I got here and I was like, okay, cool. Like I need an outlet for my energy. Mm. Wasn't sure if the fraternity scene was going to be for me or not. Um, and then I saw that Austin joined Kanga, and I remember asking him for some beatbox at a tailgate back in Florida State. And so I asked Austin, I'm like, hey, like, let me come make a video. And I remember going into the first meeting, and I'm just like, just give me a cooler. Like, let's go. And yeah. then ran into Logan at a party the next weekend, and I was telling Logan, I'm like, hey, man, I want skin in the game. And I think it was <clears throat> a week later, we're all, like, operating. Nice. We just all jumped into it. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But no, that's dude, how I remember that's, it. Like, I think that's spot on. It's pretty crazy how there's a lot of people who would do it the other way. Like maybe on that first meeting, if it wasn't you, 
maybe if it was the average student, they would walk in and, and ask for skin in the game mm. on the front end. But you did the opposite. You provided value on the front end in the form of a killer video, the best video that we had ever seen as a company. we saw what the it most, could be. Yeah. We're like, organic, oh, we can't not have it now. Most yep, organic yep. engagement we've ever gotten in a video to this day. Yep. I think we got like wow. 45,000 views on it. It was we awesome. weren't even. We didn't even have a case in the product. I was just like doing. <laughs> oh, you're just flicking it around. Yeah, you're just flipping yeah. around. People in yeah. banana suits, wakeboarding, like whatever. But it was fun. People were like, "Oh, this is a cool brand." Yeah. Because nobody ever seen anything like it before, and, and yeah, in the brand kind with of with our clip, our kangaroo off of Google. <laughs> so, so at what point? Obviously, this is a class project. At what point were you like, okay, we're gonna start taking this live. We're gonna start doing this Kickstarter video. Like, at what point did you all kind of make the jump and start turning it into reality? Yeah. So before they got involved, I I kind of like I said, I, I yeah. started this thing like we're doing it. And then you would go home. Who's with like, me? But the it. problem is though, you start a business in a class project. Class project partners aren't your best business partners. Mm. You're kind of you're kind of handcuffed. I mean, you don't have a choice, right? You want to get a good grade on the project. You've got these roles out, those roles, and like. It, it, it was a very, very there. Like I said, ups to starting a business in college. There's some downs for sure. I mean, that was that was a really tough time. But to be able to get past that class project, we launched a Kickstarter campaign as a part of the project because that was a bonus point. <laughs> like we didn't even. I mean, we it failed. Like we did not know what we were doing. But having that experience and that failure again, it propelled us because we knew. You know, Teddy saw it and was like, okay, I could do a lot better. Austin saw it. We could do a lot better. And so it was time to get serious. And as soon as these guys got involved, that's when we started to step up. We started to get very serious about the the different disciplines within business that we needed to improve, not just go out and do something and then see what happens. I mean, it was, it was good. And yeah. I think we'll still say to this day, like, it is so much harder to go from that point to having a physical product mm. and selling it. Like, that was one of the biggest challenges that I reflect on our company was Logan has an awesome idea. How do we actually bring this to fruition and get it in the hands of more than three people? And that's when we got involved with a local manufacturer and we yeah. started testing the product. And that's when it really had a little bit of legs on it. It was uh, we engaged a Greenville manufacturer right up the street yeah. and they make handkerchiefs. <laughs> and literally the way we, we got this made, I mean, this typical entrepreneurial fashion. Like yeah. I had an idea. I was like, all right, it's a koozie for a case of beer. What are koozies made out of? Well, scuba foam. Cool. Mm. Where can I find scuba foam? Ordered like a, a 50-foot roll on, uh, on I can't remember what website it was, but it was just like out of Alabama. Wait, pay way too much for it. It's like, awesome. Got it in. It's like, all right, what do I do with it now? Well, I got to get somebody to stitch it together. Who stitches things? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I looked it up like, oh, dress alteration shop in Clemson. Uh-huh. Mary's Alterations. Shout out, Mary. Got it <laughs> yeah. We love you. Um, <laughs> Hope you yeah, enjoyed just, that case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's but cool. I was like, awesome. So I'll bring a big roll here. I got a drawing here. And, you know, walk in and like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is who I am. And this is where we're going. I mean, is it something that you could do for us? Yeah. You and know so. what I like about that is that I feel like a lot of people have an idea and then they just get stuck because they're like, oh, I don't know where a manufacturer is. I don't know where a, a you know, fabric maker is. But you were like, what's this? Yeah. How can I get this? I think like what really like made you just want to all of a sudden reverse engineer everything? Was that just your kind of entrepreneurial DNA blood? It's the curiosity, or? man. Yeah. And I think that that in and of itself is kind of a microcosm for the entire journey as a whole we've had and mm. still are having. We've gotten so used to not knowing what that next step is. Like right now, not we have a plan and an idea, not a clue what the next step is. Right. We, we kind of take that same principle where it's like, well, we know where we want to go, we know what we have, and we're going to figure out a path. And that's that's kind of the first example of us doing that. Yeah. So what... um. What's kind of each one of y'all's average day like? Obviously, you hold different positions in the company. <laughs> I'd love to kind of start it off 
with Austin and then move around totally. the room on that. Inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's filled with it. chaos, but if you could hone down kind of what your average day is like. It's absolute show. madness, depending if it's the week after a trade show, which is what's happening right now as mm. we're talking. And, uh, you know, we'll have talked to 100 unique different individuals each day that we were at a trade show. And now it's my responsibility to follow up with those people because maybe 25% of them closed and they ordered. The other 75% are warm leads. We built relationships with them. We had fun at the trade show. We took a swing at the pinata. We gave them a cold beer. We had fun, but it goes farther than that. So it's my job to follow up with these people, build a longer relationship that's going to be lasting, provide them with assets and pricing sheets. And, you know, sales is crazy. It it, it involves cold calling. It involves Mm -hmm. working with warm leads. It involves traveling to a brewery and knocking on the door. Um, it's something that I love doing. I'm passionate about. I started as a engineer in Clemson. Don't know why I got involved with that. My, my grandmother offered to help out a little bit with school had I, uh, pursued engineering and I kind of just stuck with it, but sales and people and building relationships has always been something that I was passionate about. So the day to day just looks like, how can I touch someone else that's in my contact book? and see if there's an opportunity to do business that's going to be mutually beneficial for us, mm-hmm. right? Because what we're providing for these companies and for these retailers is going to help them be successful. Yeah. Whether it's Bud Light's logo on there that's going to be given away as a promo gift or whether it's a mom-and-pop retailer, they're going to make money on it. So I want to build a relationship that's going to be mutually beneficial for the two of us. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. What, um, what do you think the biggest hurdle – is with sales in a startup and how are you getting around it? Education is everything. It's whether it's on the front end when you're talking to someone. This is a this is a foreign concept, right? An iceless cooler. Like that just sounds like a foreign concept yeah. when you say that out loud, right? So we have to convey the value of an iceless cooler to someone on the phone, over email, with photos. Mm. And then if you're selling to a retailer, you have to convey it to the buyer at that retail account and to the consumer who's then going to go into that store and purchase it off the shelf without me or Teddy or Logan being able to explain it there. So I think education's everything with sales. Um, I put relationships first. People wanna do business with people that they trust. So I always do, you know, on my first phone call, I'm not asking to close the sale. I'm asking when's the next time we can meet. Mm. On the next meeting, I'll try to close that's the sale. You, that's when you go in and it's <laughs> But like it. it's building the relationship, it's educating them, and it's just showing them value and letting them come to the decision on their own. You'll have so much more success. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess to build off of what Austin said real quick, though, like that whole uh, consumer side of the business, like retail is like an area that we're growing in right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this is – kind of that example is like a true testament to how we go about things. And it's like, we go, go, go. And then we're like, oh, whoa, we all of a sudden we realize how much we don't know. Yep. And the coolest thing is like, we've all learned so much more from this than you could ever learn in a class, ever learn in any, like, I mean, anywhere, like the fastest way to learn something is by doing it. And that's literally what we do every day. And so I go to work every day knowing that I'm going to come home and realize how much I don't know, which is awesome. Yeah. Because I'm going to learn. I'm going to figure that out that night and then come back the next day and realize that I don't know anything again, uh-huh. which is great. And I that continuous it. learning mindset, as you mentioned, yep. you know, being educated, always learning. Totally. And trying new things. Like you never know what's going to work, especially on the sales side or if we're trying to talk to someone 
uh, a consumer. If you can't get through to them, you have to get creative. We, we did that when we applied for Shark Tank, the way that we attacked Mindy on social media and yeah. Instagram. That was an unorthodox way <laughs> of going about it. Yeah. You know, Shout out to Mindy. We, we started putting in <laughs> hand-signed cards in every order that we shipped out that says, hey, Austin Maxwell, myself, I shipped this order out. Oh, nice. That's something different that people aren't doing. If there is one of my distributors, she had an unfortunate death in the family. We got her a really nice card, and we all signed it, and we put it in the mail. And it's just building those relationships above a transaction. Mm. I think one of the coolest things is touching on those cards is I remember coming to Logan. I'm like, dude, just for the holiday season, let's all get cards with our face on it and put some, like, super dumb quote on the back. <laughs> that phenomenal. Like, I mean, yours like, is the dumbest. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think I was the only one that took the dumb thing to heart, but mine, mine is good. Mine's good. Yeah, it it's, is. I, I, I promise I wash my hands before packaging this order. <laughs> and to Austin's point, though, people want to buy from people. And yeah. through an e sales channel, you were able to build that relationship mm -hmm. a little better through a marketing and e-commerce channel. Like, where are your touch points? You need to figure out every single one of those, and that card was a touch point. It's a you know, way to give it some personal characteristic and personal interaction with us. Totally. Yeah. I think one of the coolest elements about that is when we were at the Surf Expo just last week, we had the founder of Hook, like HUK, the fishing brand, uh, yeah. come up to us, and he's a Clemson grad at AGR. Uh, he came up to us, and he was like, uh, yeah, I ordered one of your coolers to see, like, what the process was like. I wanted to support a Clemson brand. like, And he goes— yeah, I got a card signed by you guys. Like, that's awesome. Like, you guys are crushing it. He's like, those are the little things that go such a long way. And, like, hearing that from someone with a credible brand, yeah, same hometown, like, I don't know. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really reassuring. He's like, you guys are doing all the right things. And we got to show him the new hang tags. Yeah. He's like, those are awesome. But there, People are buying the why. They're not buying the what anymore. Mm. And that right. was a reason to buy. Yeah, totally. That's great. And so... You go. No, but yeah, would you say that's part of like the brand that, that you've built is just the relational side of things? Or? I think that's everything. I think I think so a brand is a brand and I think, you know, you have your premium brands where it's like, okay, I'm gonna wear this logo just because I wanna show people I'm rich. But then like when you put <laughs> or those fake, fake, fake being rich. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. <laughs> like when you put those aside, every other brand is about like the relationship you have with the company. And it's about okay. I purchase something and I want to return it. What happens? Oh, they send me a like free shipping back there. And then like, oh, this company, like some companies are cool. And they'll even like send out the shipment before you even ship it back. Mm -hmm. It's like just instilling that trust into your mm -hmm. consumer customer service. and yeah. stuff like that. Totally. If you have customer service is everything. If you have one good experience with the company, your likelihood of going back and using that company is so much higher. Or telling 10 people. Exactly. Well, actually, yeah. if you have a bad experience, you're likely to tell up to 10 people yeah. about a bad experience. Whereas a good one, you're likely to tell three, which I thought is really so interesting. So bad skills faster than good. Yes. So. Yeah. So you're like, it, customer careful. service is everything. But I think so much of the brand is just like, hey, we're listening to you guys. And just those cards like going a long way, like, hey, we all took an hour and a half to sign like a thousand cards or whatever. But we did that because we're like, Hey, we want people to yeah. know that like we are hand packaging these. Cause I yeah. mean, we are. Mm. Yeah. That's but. an example of us. A brand is your story, mm. you know? And I think sometimes we struggle with that. Just, you know, how far into the story do we go? Is it our personal stories? Is it our yep. company? Is it shark tank? But I think, you know, we're kind of taking a step up in the spring and, and we're launching some new branding and stuff like that. But I think we're doubling down on our story collectively. Yeah. You know, what is what is it that we do? Why do we do it? Well, first off, we believe in making good times better. 
that's kind of the core of everything we're about. If you use our product, you're going to have a better experience having your good times. You don't give any good times in life. Might, yeah. as, well make, might as well make them better. And then we're bringing fun and convenience to, to you know, beverage cooling and stuff like that. And so I think just kind of showing that why that we're, we're with you. We, we drink. We have a good time. Yeah. We're responsible, but... You know, we have, a, we have a little fun. We're young. I mean, uh, we, yeah. we, we want to be our customers. Also, just on an approachable level. Like, yeah, you go downtown Compton, people will be like, oh, are you the Kanga guy, blah, blah, Do you have, like, like, do you talk to Mark Cuban all the time? It's like, no. Like, dude, like, come on. We're at a bar. Let's just hang out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, that kind of mindset of, like, let's just be friends. We want to be approachable to everybody. Yeah. I'd say the— uh, the direction of this conversation is a great example of uh, the day-to-day in the life of Teddy. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, so Teddy's day is to go back to the original question. Teddy, explain oh, shit. your day. No, that's one. perfect. That's Good what your day is like, dude. Though. So yeah, I got dude, I got diagnosed, diagnosed with the ADHD a while back. My teachers used to get so mad about call, call my mom like, dude, like, we'll give directions for something, he'll do it completely differently. But sometimes it's right, and my mom's like, I have no idea what to tell you. Like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, day-to-day life, I guess, is it a school day or yeah. is it a work day? Like, yeah. Like, so, but, I mean. You're I've a been, senior. Yeah, you're yeah, still in school. I've been working with them since I was a sophomore. And yeah. so, say, like, an average school day, I usually wake up at 7, get up, and I check emails. And then I go to school, try to plant myself somewhere on campus. Uh, I usually work from like 8 until 10.30. Then I just usually go out by the library and I just chill. Yeah. I just go chill by the fountains. Decompress. Yeah, just kind of like let it, like, because I'm, I'm like about to go into school atmosphere, which I hate. So I need to yeah. like be like really cool. Like I need to, if I go in straight out of work, like I can't separate myself from that. And I try to be like respectful for my to my teachers. Like, hey, they're giving me their time. I want to give them my full attention. But if I go straight from like sending emails, like when I go into class, the first thing I'm going to do is pull up my laptop and keep working. And it's just like, that's not respectful of their time. So yeah. I try to honor that. I go from school from uh, 11 to 4.45 straight through the day. Then I get out, go straight back to my place, usually go to the gym, then come back. And I usually work till like 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah. But uh, that I mean, you just got to do what you got to do. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't, don't see about it. They're like, oh, how, I mean, how do you balance school and how do you balance like working for a company or your own startup? It's just, I mean, dude, you're you're working the nine to five and then you're working the five to twelve. Exactly. And that's what people don't see, and that's why, like, whenever people are like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, like, I wouldn't even consider myself an entrepreneur now because I haven't done anything. Yeah. And but like, when people say that they're an entrepreneur, it's like. An entrepreneur isn't a title that you give yourself. It's a title that's given to you. Mm. And I always say an entrepreneur is somebody that has so much going on that they have, like, if you were to ask them, what do you do? They have so much going on that they wouldn't even know where to tell it, what to tell you because they do so many things. Mm -hmm. And that's an entrepreneur. And so, uh, and they're doing it themselves. So um, I guess we do what we need to do. Totally. Usually yeah. phone calls within the day. You got a question? Yeah, I was going to ask, because uh, a lot of people out there that are listening to this podcast, they're in a corporate America type environment, but also trying to grow their business on the side. And I'm, you know, one of those people as well. So how do you separate, you know, the quote unquote nine to five for you going to class and then going back to the startup mm-hmm. mode? Because when I feel like when people go to work, you know, their job that they're getting paid for, they're like pissed off. They're like, I just want to work on my startups. Like, how do you still maintain a good mood doing both? 
Totally. I mean, uh, first off, just like being insanely grateful that mm. I even had the opportunity to go to school because I know so many people don't, and I don't take that for granted. Uh, that being the case, like, you know, it's it's appropriate to like wish certain things were better and wish the curriculum was maybe a little bit more advanced than it is. But, you know, you get in there and uh, you just make the most of it. Go in there. I always, I mean, I don't value homework. I don't value tests. I don't value my GPA. I, <laughs> that's what I, that's not, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But what I, what I do value is the time I spend after class talking to my professors, asking them for advice, my research professor, I'm supposed to go get a beer with him next week, and he's going to teach me how to conduct, like, uh, full-scale, like, professional research on some of our demographics using our Google nice. Analytics. And it's like, okay, cool. First off, one, we should be teaching that in school. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. two, the fact, I mean, the fact that, like, he's willing to go above and beyond because he sees someone wanting to do that is super cool. So you either take advantage of it or you don't. Like, you could be a, I could be, like, I could roll into school, open up my laptop, send emails all day, walk out, and not know my professors whatsoever, but, like, actually engaging in what Austin said. It's all about the relationship. Yeah. So, like, engaging in that relationship goes a long way. And so um, that's honestly how I get through school. Mm -hmm. I make make relationships with my professors. I respect them because they're where they are, and I trust they're there for a reason. So, right. so where does that motivation come from when you're exhausted after school mm -hmm. to then come and give us 40 hours a week, you know? Because it's, it's a lot. It's crazy. Well, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to apply for a job after school. And so yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to work for <clears throat> myself, and I want to work with these guys and something that I'm passionate about. So I guess – it all comes with checks and balances, and that's what totally. I always tell people. So it's, you know, you can go 100% in one area, but then you're going to go 0% in the other area. It's the same thing with having a work-life balance. But if you're trying to pursue your own company, you really don't have much of a work-life no, balance. It's a work-work sure. work balance. And so it's, are you willing to do that or are you not? And, I mean, it's, you you sacrifice stuff. Like, you, I, last weekend, I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and went straight into the week. Mm. because I just had to because we were at trade shows and we we're getting caught yeah. up on stuff. But, like, it makes the times where you do get to go out on a Friday or you get to go to the national championship and you're so caught up on everything that you get to go enjoy four days, it makes those that much better and so much more worth it. So I think what I would tell the person that's in corporate America is if you put in the work now, it will be worth it in the long run. Tell everyone in college, they're like, I, I've, I did like eight class talks last year, and one of the number one questions I get is, oh, like, uh, I mean, how, how, how do, like, same thing, like, how do you do that or whatever? And I'm like, all right, listen up. Like, you can work for four years and party for the rest of your life, or you can party for four years and work the rest of your life. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Either go do it or sit back and chill. Watch, watch someone else do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty simple. Yeah. 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 Logan's day today is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, explain your Excel. This is, this is kind of where I was going to segue you. a little bit. Yeah. Like Teddy's got a lot of balls to juggle. That's exactly yeah. my day to day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hands on involved in pretty much every single side of the business. You know, I, I personally head up product development. Um, I work a lot in marketing. I work a lot in finance and operations, and also work a little bit in sales. And also work on trying to pull a cohesive picture together from everybody, from everything, and kind of build that overall direction. And it's tough. I mean, the biggest thing for me is figuring out what things I can afford to let drop mm. and what things I cannot afford to let drop. Because I literally time block like crazy. I mean, my day starts off. I start off, I get in there, I'm doing product development strategy in the morning, finance and ops strategy in the morning, you know, maybe it's sales, marketing strategy in the morning, just trying to get the strategic stuff 
out of the way earlier on in the day. Can I get that check-in? And then I get tactical as the day goes on. But just really trying to figure out how much time can I spend on this area, that area, this area, because every single area is equally important. Yeah. Every single task is equally important. And what's the prioritization? What's the timeline that it has to be done in? And so I'm the exact opposite of Austin. I don't answer every single email as they come in. I filter. You know, I set, I set kind of filters in my head. All right, I can answer this one after hours. Like I do with China a lot. You know, we do a lot of manufacturing overseas. I don't answer those emails in the morning or the afternoon because they're asleep. Yeah. I push this off at the end of the day. And plus, it gives me a little time to get ahead strategically to figure out what direction am I going? Am I going to be intentional with our conversation? Because I get maybe one to two emails with you a day. Mm. So if I, if I give a little tit for tat and I don't have a clear direction, it makes it tough. Plus, there's communication issues and language barriers that you have to overcome. So um, from that side, it's, it's difficult. But yeah, my favorite, favorite thing is to be able to take a step back and to kind of look at the full thing. You know, the tactical stuff kind of sets aside be able to draw out that bigger picture because a business is complex. Yeah. Business is hard. I mean, there are so many different facets and I've been fortunate enough to you know, start this company in product development, kind of work around. I've got a decent understanding of every area and I kind of see how they work together. And, and that's, it's really hard to weave a picture together like that. But uh, I think we've got a, a really good one right now. Yeah. I, th- I think Logan's day to day is, is very interesting too, because he, as, as a CEO of a company, and I think other CEOs should be like this is, the culture that you're building with our company, you're doing it without using words. You're doing it with your actions. Mm-hmm. Logan is the that. first one into the office every morning. I am always mad when I see his truck there. I have a little competition in the mornings. Like, like, I want to be first. And yeah, it's even totally crazier in the evening because when people start to trickle out at 6, 6.30 and you know Logan's going to be there till 7, 7.30, People are awkward when they're leaving. They they feel like, man, if it's awesome. if Logan beats <laughs> phenomenal, yeah. if Logan beat me here, should he still be here longer than I'm about to walk out this door? And it's it's such a it, it's a good culture. Yeah, you know, it, it's not that people feel pressured. We let people come and go whenever they want. That's that's the benefit of us starting right. a company. But it's and everybody's doing it. so bought into what they're doing yep. that they want. To, we're, we're a team. We're like we're like a family. We're like a brotherhood. I mean, it's like if we're here, if you're out here grinding it out, like I want to be here with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to be together doing that, contributing. Nobody wants to be the guy that didn't contribute as much because we care about the bigger picture. We care about the goal. Yeah. And we all know exactly what piece we play in that and how important it is. I think one of my favorite Logan quotes is— oh, Here we uh, go. Is it a end, metaphor? <clears throat> better be a uh, metaphor. No, it's, you're going to be super disappointed. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, after like a long day, it'll be like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and he goes, ah, oh, now I can finally get back to like what I needed to do today. <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate. It's funny. As soon as everybody else leaves, like I said, my favorite thing is to be strategic and get yeah. you know, get get high level with it. And it's like so hard during the day because there's so much stuff popping. But he's off. leading by example, and but that's an incredible thing that. to do as a day by day. I think it's just something that it's other a, CEOs can be doing. Right. Better I think it's the sacrificial there. aspect of it, though. Like I'm never going to ask someone to do something that I would not do myself. Yeah. I'm never going to ask someone to stay later than I would not stay myself. I've never asked someone to do anything and just kind of putting everybody else first and kind of taking that back seat because you understand the bigger picture. You understand where things are going and you want to empower others to do that. That's it's the like biggest thing. When you're willing to take that blow, like totally. it's, it not, kinda, it's not about you. Yeah. It's, about, no, it, it's it, not about, it's not about any of us individually, the power of what we can do if we put the company together and collectively together, that, that, that surpasses everything. It's the goose that lays the golden egg. Yeah. Individually, we don't, we can't accomplish that much, but together, we do crazy things. Yeah, totally. like I talked, we had a venture capitalist from Clemson come talk to the entrepreneurship club. Uh, his name's Steve Edwards, but he was like, no, no entrepreneur ever talks about, you know. He goes, 
you're you're driving, you're driving, there's a mountain. He goes, you either go over it or you blow through it. And he goes, and like to blow through it or get over it, he goes, it usually sucks. <laughs> and he goes, but no one ever talks about the parts that suck. And so that, those are the parts that people leave out, but... We're not, we're not talking about many right now. I mean, no, yeah, there's so many of them, and it would be on. But tangible, it's like yeah. you almost block them out. It's like when we were gonna go on Shark Tank, they're like, "Yeah, you guys got like 48 hours to submit a video." It's like, oh my. I mean, you don't think. Dude, about I want to dive in on that though. You block it out, and it's like no rear view mirror. Mm. Yeah, like, exactly. That, the rear view mirror is so dangerous. Whether you're talking about successes or failures, yeah, who you've been in the past, who you've seen yourself as, what things you've done well. Like, you can't rest on that. Every single day, something new. And Shark Tank was the biggest thing that taught us that. Mm. Because, you know, it's it's kind of like we had this destination mentality where it's like, if only we reach this destination, then everything will be great. You get to that destination and you just realize nope. there's another day. Yeah. Every day is the there's same. There's another destination. There's another day. There's yeah. another thing, another journey. And it's, it's yeah. not about the destination at all. And you hear this all the time. It's cliche. It's about the journey, but it seriously is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's about figuring out and realizing that life is nothing but a continuous stream of days. It's a continuous stream of now. Yeah. There is no yesterday. There is no tomorrow. And we have a great what example of now? that. We, uh, we're moving from our current warehouse. We started in Logan's parents' basement. We moved to a not-so-great area in Anderson, South Carolina. <laughs> awesome. Why did we move to that warehouse? Which we love. Uh, it's affordable. We had, we had a priority, we had a priority list, though. So we, we had were, to get a half pipe in we there. We were graduating from college. freaking sick. Our biggest <laughs> thing was sick. we wanted to say, okay, well, you know, if, if a bunch of college kids got handed a company, what would they do? We're like, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. And so we had a priority list list and it was pretty short you know for a warehouse is it cheap awesome check can we put a half pipe there check that was it no <laughs> Every, everything else didn't matter no, no rust training from the ceilings not on the list you know Just like more than 250 square feet office space not on the consumer list. behavior you know you point out two attributes and the rest are just like you know the icing on top yeah. it's like oh wait hold up so we can put a half pipe and there's a loading dock oh, oh wait, this yeah. is the spot Done deal. Yeah. let's go yeah and it costs less Slam than any of us paid dunk. in college for rent like, yeah. we, we <laughs> loved it we loved it but but listen we we've grown out of it we did not all love it awesome also, can you give us a picture of what the day-to-day is like in our 250-square-foot office space? No, there's eight people. There's three people on the phone at the same exact time. Oh, We're yelling gosh. at each other. It's it's great. It's absolutely We're tripping crazy over each there. other. I mean, and, and if you want to take a call in the warehouse, feel free. By all means, it's 22 degrees in there. We have no heat or AC in <laughs> Not either the office building. either, though. There's, there's one restroom. I can't even describe it. Don't even try. <laughs> Don't even one restroom for everyone? But the thing, going uh, yeah. off of Logan's very cliche point about it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Like, we had the whole team tour some new offices and warehouses this morning, mm-hmm. and everyone's smiling cheek to cheek. Oh, like, nice. knowing that we built something that can grow into a new warehouse, a new office, that maybe then we can grow into another one. But yeah. it's just, it was the coolest thing seeing everyone's morale this morning in, in a brand new warehouse. And it's like, this is why we're doing it. Totally. This is the journey that's so exciting is everyone being stoked about not having to be pooping in the freezing right. cold. <laughs> I mean, and the reason yeah. we did that though so well was because we all appreciated that part. And we're still in that phase, but we appreciate that phase for what it is. Yeah. We all know, we look at it, like when I made the first Case Koozie prototype, which it used to be called Case Koozie. Yeah. It literally was a, a piece of crap, had CaseKoozie.com printed on the side. So we weren't serious about it. We, like, we knew, we would look back on this and laugh at it. In yeah. the moment, we're like, we had that awareness. Now we have that awareness for the office. We're like, you know what? For our first office, we had a half pipe. 
like we had, we're going to do some crazy stuff. This new one too, but yeah, we had a half pipe. We had, <laughs> we nice. had a, a terrible, like it was disgusting. Like we had a murder down the road a oh month and we moved in. Like it was bad. Where'd you even find Very this, bad spot. Find this place. Craigslist? Um, literally the cheapest possible spot yeah. available within a hundred, hundred miles, hundred square mile radius. But you no, know, we, we appreciate that for what it is though. We know yeah. that in the moment, and that's kind of as an entrepreneur, you have to have that. And as anybody striving for success, you can't, you can't expect the luxuries of the future without going through and embracing the sacrifices of now and just mm-hmm. kind of going through the the mud, getting through the grime and going through it, but appreciating every step of the way. Cause you know, looking back, you'll, you'll kind of miss it. You'll, yeah. you'll yeah. miss that a little Dude, bit, even though it, it's, it's not the yeah. most glamorous 100%. I, I remember like coming back in the fall, uh, Kyle and I were, Kyle's my roommate. He's the one that does all of our e-commerce and stuff, but we were so pumped to show our other roommates our office. <laughs> we were like, they're like, yo, because everyone, everyone on campus is like, you guys have an office? We're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, it, has a it. That, it has a half pipe in it. That's the That's literally point. the tagline. Uh, yeah, it's got a half pipe in it. Oh, no way. Like, if but, you want to see a video of the warehouse, follow Kanga Coolers on LinkedIn. We just did a tour. I don't expect much. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I remember bringing our roommates there, and we're like, okay, cool. So here's the office. And they're like, it's like a size, like the size of this room. Oh. <laughs> like seriously, and we like, people. Yeah. And they're like, how many of you there? Like, how many of you guys are there? Uh, it's like eight, sometimes ten, like four, some days. When anybody comes by to stop in, like anybody that we work or do business with, they walk in, they're just like, uh, oh, uh, so uh, did I interrupt a conference call? Or yeah. something? We're like, like, nah, you interrupt like three of them. Like, is mine seriously? the right place? Yeah. yeah. It looks like a college dorm room. Well, it's pretty much equivalent to that, but cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we brought our roommates into, like, the back warehouse, and they are like, so this is it? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we were so fired up back, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think but. it's also when you're obviously in that building startup phase of just embracing what you're dealing with right now. Just I, own it, yeah. I think people are going to follow it, right? I mean, it's going to be harder for people to, like, hate on it if you have that much passion for it. And they'll yeah. kind of laugh along with you, right? Like, we're not pretending yeah. we got a nice spot. Yeah. Like, we, we embrace the suck, yeah. man. It's just fun. That's why we call it the fun factor. The fun, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What um? Uh, what are some? I know you touched on this a second ago. What are some like sucky moments you guys have had? Obviously, I'm sure you've had a few. But. Yeah. I mean, dude, honestly, there there are a lot of times along the journey where it's mm-hmm. like we don't know, you know, where that next month's going to come from, where that revenue is going to come from, where you know, if is our product have a fit here? Is it going to work? Like, are we chasing the right big picture thing here? Like, and before Shark Tank, a lot of those questions surface a lot, and just trying to figure out how to get ahead. You know, build that business around there because it's, it's tough. It's, it's an equation. It's touch points. It's people. It's creativity. And it's kind of weaving that web all together at the same time and finding that niche. I mean, it's it's kind of a masterpiece when you actually get it right uh, and put it together. But, I mean, there are a lot of times where you, you have some doubt and you have to kind of fight that out of you. You have, yeah. to, you have to kind of come together mm-hmm. and acknowledge it, accept it. Like, yeah, you're going to have some doubt. You're going to think, you know, maybe this is too big. Maybe, you know, maybe, this, maybe this is too far. Maybe it's not going to work. But then all of a sudden, as soon as you're at your lowest point, that next, that next shot yep. hits, that next shot of belief, that next mm. shot, that next thing happens. And, and it always hits at that low point. Exactly. It's crazy. And, uh, and, and a little and less now. We stabilize yeah, a little bit. At the bit, very but the early... end of the low points. Then, right. they, like, God makes you go through the suck yeah. to appreciate the good. Yep. Right. Like, we'll always be like, okay, we got to, you know, hunker down. Like, 
cash is tight. Like, but that's where you eat. I mean, ramen noodles. I mean, dude, we got a pack of ramen noodles at the office. Like, I mean, I remember like yeah. rolling in there, and I mean, you, you know, it's hard. You can't microwave it with the space heater on at the yeah, same time as the microwave because uh, it blows the fuse, and everybody loses power. <laughs> oh, and all those three calls that are going on, yeah. they they lost some internet's out. It sounds like dial-up internet with like in trying to go. Yeah. Oh, man, the, the the roller coaster analogy couldn't be more spot on totally. in startup culture because the the highs are freaking high. Yeah. And I'd say right now, the past two weeks to, to two months, we've been riding on a high. But there could be a low in the future. There's been plenty of lows in the past. Totally. There's always a low on the But that's horizon. where you earn it, though. Yeah. That's that's really, that's exactly where you earn it. But the thing is that when you're in that low, we've been trained at this point because we've seen enough highs. We've seen that next step. We've seen this play out long enough. But a lot of people starting out early, you haven't been on that roller coaster. You haven't seen that ride. You get that low, and you don't realize that next high is coming. Mm. You don't know when it's going to happen. You have no idea. That's not up to you. All you can do is keep taking one step forward, one more day, and it's going to be there. What would you guys say? Like in the beginning, like it's like a 70, 30, like spread of like 70 suck and 30 low. I mean, 30 high. Yeah, most, like, most days were, were tough. Most days, like it's not yeah. the big things that happen. Big things don't happen because like all of a sudden you did something great in that moment. Big things happen because of the small things you did in the suck that slowly but surely led. Like basically you, you put yourself in a position to have, you know, capitalize on opportunity. Yeah. You can't create your opportunities. You can create yourself, you can put yourself in the position to capitalize on any opportunity that comes your way. And you can put yourself out there to capture all of those. But you can't create, you know, you're, it's not up to me if this person buys or not. I can do everything we can to be in a position for them to buy. And so just doing those little things along the way and you start looking back at where a lot of the successes came from, they started in the suck. Mm -hmm. But you nurture it and you keep going and it turns out to something. Austin, good. tell them about uh, how we were trying to get to a hundred grand before we went on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, so we're we're diehard fans of the show and you know, at least I am. Teddy's never seen an episode in his life. I the reason Still I'm still to this day. I don't even know if you watched all of ours. Have you, yeah, did. have you even watched your own episode of You know, I didn't watch it all <laughs> the way through because we were the third one to air and we cut it off before the first people fourth people went on. Uh, so yeah. What were you saying though? It, no, it's it, it's craziness. So yeah, I, I started watching the show in college. I fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship. That's why I'm not pursuing engineering anymore. Is I give all of that to watching Shark Tank and being involved with that. But when you go on the show, you want to have something to stand for, right? We had just finished our Kickstarter campaign when we had auditioned, and uh, we had about thirty five thousand dollars in sales, and we knew what we were going to go in and ask for, which was a hundred thousand dollars for ten percent of the company, a million dollar valuation. $30,000 in sales. We didn't have product yet. <laughs> and we didn't even have a product that was just Kickstarter. That, that's not going to work out. So how can we put ourselves in a successful position? <clears throat> and up until about two weeks before the episode was airing, we had maybe gotten up to $55,000 in sales. And that was just more pre-selling, direct-to-consumer. But we knew that to go on that show, we had to have something that was going to be interesting to them. Yeah. Something that was at least going to say, okay, that's Mark, Mark Cuban always says that. Oh, that's not terrible. That's not a terrible sales amount. Like, we want it to be at, at least that at level. that level. <laughs> yeah. Pro prove the concept. Better. It also proved that it can sell and yeah. where it can yeah. sell. So the entire team <clears throat> jumped into the full custom B2B side of the business. And I'm telling you, like, we did not sleep that week. We were cold calling, hustling until we found people. And this is our old version of the product. And listen, like, we weren't proud of that version. The Case Koozie version that Logan's talking about, even step one, iteration one of our product we weren't proud of that version but it, it worked but it, it worked. wasn't where we wanted to yeah, it, if, yeah if you're not proud of your first or second version of the product then you're waiting too long to bring it to market right mm. so we took mm. it to market and it was still 
a valuable product to the end consumer. We knew it would still provide them value, not as much as the current version, but we all stayed up night. I mean, it, it was the longest nights I can even remember was that two was weeks. Is, yeah. How can we bring in another thirty to $40,000? We wanted that 100 mark. That we was the number to, we wanted to hit. Yeah. And I remember- I mean, If we had 100, we're like, that's- In know, our first six months. Enough. Yeah. It, I mean, it's I, not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. I remember that. Th- so we had a 2,000 unit minimums with our manufacturer, and we had just gotten an 800 unit order on Monday of the week. Like the Friday is kind of like our timeline, right? Like that's when we had to close it to really be set up two weeks ahead of time, all that stuff. Mm. And so we had the 800 unit order, and it's like, okay, well, if we're even going to make this, we got to get 1,200 more. Where are those coming from? Thursday night, I kid you not, we still had 800. End of day Friday, we had. 28? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Belief. I mean, seriously, like we, we, I, we were, I was making contingency plans. Yeah. I was like, we're still going to keep charging, but like, if this doesn't, you know, yeah. what? Belief, relationships. And, and then it's the biggest thing, like, my dad taught me this growing up. It's probably my favorite lesson is like, ask for the order. If you don't ask for it, you never know if you're going to get it. And that doesn't mean just like emailing. That, that night we were calling people and saying, what more value can I bring to you? What more can I do to earn your business? And when you put it in that perspective, sometimes mm. they're going to come back and say, you know what, tweak this little thing. Maybe the shipping is going to be two weeks sooner, or maybe you'll grant us free shipping, whatever it is. And if I can wiggle a little bit, then we're going to come to a happy medium. And That's where Austin comes to me and say, hey, can we get this two weeks sooner? I say, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we don't yeah, have a choice, so we figured it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how that stuff happens when you're out at a low point. And if you were working hard up until that low point, it's come to fruition for us every single time we got inventory in the day we went to go film for Shark Tank. Wow. We almost were up on stage on national television with nothing, with no product. And keep in mind, when we auditioned for this, we thought we were too soon. But we something kind of told me. So we, we, we kind of had some applications filled out in our backpacks for a while. It was one of those big dream things for us. It's like, what if we could work with a brewery? What if we could work with, you know, get on Shark Tank? Yeah. What if we could get licensing? It was one of those really big monumental moments in our lives that we wanted to achieve through this dream. And so uh, we had the application filled out. You know, it's the this right around the close of the Kickstarter campaign. I go to a class talk in Clemson where a speaker there is, um, she's been on Shark Tank. And she had, you know, I think it was like season two. So I just want to talk to her. I want to pick her brain on it and stuff like that. Show the idea. Kind of got her perspective. She said, just go for it. It's like, what do you mean? But we had, but, 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 we didn't do this, this, mm-hmm. and this. She said, just go for it. There's an audition in Atlanta this weekend. Out of all places, we're you know, two hours shot from yeah. Atlanta. And it's the only time of year that they're going to be there. And I'm asking these questions right now. I'm just like, I just felt like something was lining up. I was like, I don't know how it's going to work out. Yeah. Maybe we're meant to do this. <clears throat> And finals are next week. And finals are the next week. Oh, my God. We go down there. We we do it. We crush it. Didn't have product. Had, and then that, that kind of flipped on the pressure to for us to, you know, actually get sales, build credibility. Yeah. We yeah. know what the Sharks are looking for. There's a lot of seasons of Shark, Tank's out, Shark Tank out there. We know what they're looking for. We know exactly what we have to do. It came down to the wire, and everything did. Um, but somehow, some way, it all worked out right on time. And we took a huge risk on that. But it worked out. You know what's crazy? I mean, imagine what would happen – if you didn't, you know, go up and actually talk to her after that you, one little decision, yeah, that yeah. one little thing. If we were afraid we weren't, like that. the timing wasn't ready. It's that same thing. It's, it's not the time you put it in in class. It's the time you put it in after. Yeah, but I think you know, it's just and it's, it's again, there's little decisions along the way. You look back and you're like, wow, what would have happened if if that hadn't happened? But it's keeping that mindset, that mindset of like having trust and like just knowing that things will work out. Yeah, having that belief that you know somehow, some way, we'll get to where we're trying to go. 
and yeah. just take that step with that confidence. Yeah. So you'd you do if, that along the way. If someone's at a, a low point right now, whether it's in their career, their business, whatever the case may be, you would say obviously just keep going and, and like just enjoy the process. I mean, what would you? We'll say? figure out if it's a good fit. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. Fit, but there's some there's some big pictures yeah. for you, like personally, like is that where you want to be? You know, you got to kind of do some soul searching there. I don't have any advice for that. I mean, it's just you know, you got to figure out yeah. kind of who you are based on your experiences. But, but yeah, I mean, if it, if if you're at a low point and you know this is the path you want to head on. You just have to kind of trust that mm. somehow you like you have to picture in your head where you're going and the path to getting there. No idea. It may take you up this road, that road, this is, this is. For example, we started this thing out. I thought, okay, well, we're just going to make these, put them on store shelves, and they'll sell like that crazy. Very naive, but you kind of have to be <laughs> yeah. a little, a little like naive and hopelessly optimistic that all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, how do we get enough sales to be on Shark Tank? Well, the product. We made it fully dye sublimatable, which means you can print anything you want to on there, any graphic. And you can see right here, like it, it's fun. No yeah. cooler has that type of look. I need another one. <laughs> get you another one right there. That's but um, yeah, so and we were like, okay, well, you know, we kind of pivoted. We're like, okay, how do we get this many sales without having inventory in on this timeline? And it's like, well, this might be a good fit for breweries. Yeah. This might be a good fit for brands. Like we can fully customize it. And then, you know, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Maxwell goes to work at it. And all of a sudden we carve out a successful path in that space. That wasn't where we started out. Mm. That was just a feature of the product that we said, I wonder if. Yeah. And it's, cha it's changed everything for us. It's obviously being able to adapt too, which is, yep. it seems like all of you guys totally. have been But it's, it's amazing. knowing where you're heading and just, just trying to find that road along the way, but trusting that it'll somehow lead. Yeah. To where you're going. Where so, you want to go. Chris, on a scale of one to ten, how far off your schedule have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, we're two beers deep. He's, so. he's on bullet point number two. Yeah. <laughs> he's got thirty bullets. So points one bullet here. point. Yeah, we here. have about yeah. six pages left. No, we're uh, we're getting some good value, and that's all that matters, right? I mean, runner is that what it's all about? Yeah. What, so, what made you start the podcast? <sighs> that's a good question. I mean, we were touching on it earlier, right? I feel like a lot of people our age, right? They, they have so much potential under them, but they're not really utilizing it and reaching yep. it. And, um, you know, there's so much opportunity out there, whether you want to own your own business or move up in your career. And, uh, I've always had a passion for helping people try to reach that. And I've also had a huge passion for hearing stories like the ones we're walking through today, you know, how you pivoted, how you, you know, went from a Kickstarter campaign to being on Shark Tank. So I was like, man, there's gotta be a way to combine both passions. And I was like, you know, a podcast is probably a good avenue of distribution for that. Um, and it's been great, obviously. I mean, this is probably episode 25 or 30. It's hard to keep awesome. track, honestly, because wow. you're running so fast every day. Like, it's hard to keep track of what you're on. But, um, yeah, these stories are really good. And, obviously, this is bringing a ton yeah. of value, too. Um, we hope it is. I, I think we hear so often people come up to us and they say, I want to start my own business. I, I How do I get started? And our answer is like, you just need to do it. And if their answer yeah. is, I don't know how, well, find someone that does that and does, ask yeah. for mentorship. Like, find what you're not good at and plug that yeah. into the system, and you will be surprised at how well you can start whatever it is that's on your mind. Yeah. That was a prime example of what I texted you the other night. Because outside of the podcast, my career, uh, me and two co-founders are starting a travel app based out of Charleston. Yeah. Um, kind of a social media travel app all combined in one. We're okay. launching our beta in a couple months. And I was like, man, the one thing we don't have is a you know a, uh, advisor member. And so I texted you. I was like, how do you even go about finding that? And then you immediately texted me your dad's number. And you're like, 
hey, he's part of this institute and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, you know, that's again. Fast Eddie. Yeah. Fast <laughs> and that was actually the one time that you texted back really quickly. Nothing to do with the podcast. And you just immediately sent it back. Dude, so. it wasn't No Phone Friday. I was plugged in. Yeah, it was like totally. It's one know. of the most rewarding things about starting this company is that we've touched other people. And if the night that the Shark Tank episode aired and it said that it inspired people, that's still to this day like to one of the coolest them, thing I've ever heard. To show them what it looks like. It's easy to say that you can do it. Yeah. To show them what it looks like. But and again, make no mistake, we didn't get here alone. Yeah. We're a yep. group of college kids. Right. We had no idea exactly what we're getting in for. And it's the mentorship. It's it's fast daddy. It's it's a bunch of people along the way that saw a lot of potential in us, loved where we were heading, probably loved the product. Maybe we had a few beers with them. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But um, no, seriously, they they believed in us <clears throat> and they knew they could add value. We learned from that. Yeah. And so the biggest thing that we can do and the biggest compliment, like you said, is that we add value to them, not only because it, f- it feels great, obviously, you know, you know, you're adding, you know, positivity in the world and showing people what you, they can do, but just to kind of pass that on. Yeah. To, just to know that nobody really gets there alone. I don't believe in the whole self-made type of thing. Mm. Maybe some people can, but I know we, you know, it takes, it takes a, it takes a lot of people to, to show us. Back, what to do. Back to your, your like statement real quick where people come up to us, they're like, how do you start your own company? Like all of our entrepreneurship classes, I mean, I want to get, I kind of, I kind of think this is a good like question for you guys, but do you, and even you as well, yeah. do you think that you are born an entrepreneur or do you think you can be taught oh, to become here we one? Go. Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I'll, I'll defer to Logan first. <laughs> okay. Both. You've got to innately be you know, able to take certain amounts of risk. You've got to innately be able to prioritize certain things. It's kind of, you know, you're wired, I guess, to handle uncertainty a little better. Because, yeah. again, that's kind of what I go back to. There's a lot of uncertainty along the way. Um, but you also have to develop certain skill sets. Yeah. I was not growing up as an entrepreneur. I, I grew up, you know, until my senior year of high school, I was a lifeguard. I was going to be an engineer, just kicking it back my senior year. Like, grades were pretty easy to me. And it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'll just do this, this, and this. Not really, like, motivated in a sense, but not really motivated, you know, for business or to, to build a business or something like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I was very hands-on. I like to create things, you know, very passionate in the gym and just doing certain things like that. But, you know, when I get to college, I kind of my life kind of took a turn. You know, I had a kind of a, a, some events that happened that gave two paths before me. It's either, you know, I kind of, I guess, broke away from the the perspective that you can kind of keep coasting mm. and kind of realize you're either going up or you're going down. You can't see the difference in the roads until it's too late. Yeah. Like you 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 pick a path. It's either up or down. And so I decided at an early age, I'm gonna go up. And I had this kind of this this I guess this natural skill set for uncertainty and kind of risk taking and stuff like that and creativity. But coupled with a lot of lessons I learned going through entrepreneurship on the heart on the front end with the house painting business and stuff. I mean yeah. you really gotta you've got to overcome. You've got to learn that on the ground. But Teddy, I think you I mean we've all got good share good stories to share on that. Yeah, yeah let's go I, around this way. <laughs> I think um as you mentioned, you know, it can be both. I think the situations that you go through in life at certain times help you adapt more to just the whole entrepreneurial land. Just for example, on my end you know, I grew up in, I wouldn't say a poor family or anything, but I grew up kind of just regular middle class. And there came a point in my uh, life that all of my friends around me were getting cars. So, you know, their parents are paying for their cars and all this stuff. And I was like, what can I do to buy my car? Because my parents obviously couldn't pay for it. So I ended up just going door to door and knocking on people's doors. And be like, hey, can I cut your grass for, you know, $20? I know this guy's probably charging uh, 40 awesome. So, you know, that was just that situation of 
backing against the wall of like, okay, I need what, I had like a 1999 Nissan Pathfinder. I think <laughs> it was a yeah. Haas. Um, it was Love like it. five grand. So I was like, how can I make five grand? Character. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, I think that taught me a lot too. Right. And then obviously working a little bit through college of again, kind of being backed in a corner of like, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? Um, kind of teaches you too. But then again, you don't know everything at the time when it, I think it goes back to educating yourself, you know, even starting uh, this travel app, obviously I'm not doing the development. I was a business management major. Um, we have our CTO who's doing that right now, but I didn't know anything about the travel industry really that much at first. But again, it's always going on, even just Google diving in and being willing to learn, contacting people on LinkedIn who do travel blogs, who maybe do some small travel apps and seeing like, Hey, what did you learn? It's always that willingness to learn. Um, and I think it's every step of the way you're adapting more and more and more. So I love yeah. that. That's, that's that was stellar. Yeah, that was stellar. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into it. I mean, I, I agree. It's in the middle. I, I think to rephrase the question is the way that I would like to look at it is, are you willing to do anything to achieve a goal that you set? If you put a goal out there and you will literally do whatever it takes to get to that goal, then you can be an entrepreneur, whether that means you were born with that trait of willingness or whether you learn that willingness trait. I think that's what it stems down to is just getting to that goal that you set on your own, then you can become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. I think it all boils down to hard work. It's yeah. no way around it, huh? I yeah. like, I, I just like, it just bugs me. Like when we're in these entrepreneurship classes in school and they're like, so you guys are all here to like, learn to be entrepreneurs. And I mean, it's what one of those things you, you either get it or you don't. Yeah. It's scholastic and, entrepreneurship. And you know, you know what? Yeah, Every single person we've hired to be an intern or even bring on just gets it. Yep. Like yeah. our newest sales guy, Colin Frawley, absolute beast. Dude, the story behind him, man. Dude, I mean, actually, I'm not going to butcher it. Austin, give I, it. I'd gas up Frawley real I quick. I will. Yeah. I will. Shout out to you, Colin. I know you're going to listen to <laughs> we this. We still love you, Frawley. It's unbelievable. And it's the same way that Teddy got involved with the company. It's providing so much value on the front end without asking for anything and then us making the offer for him. So Colin worked in New York. He was working a corporate job. He didn't love his job, but he knew from 5 p.m. to 12 a.m. he'd be able to provide value from us. The sales was getting a lot of, a little bit out of control in, in, on my end in the terms of overflow. So he was willing to take on that workload and just charge forward. And at this point in time, though, he, he reached out to us. I'm still in my parents' basement. Yep. These guys aren't on full-time yet. Yep. Yeah. We're still oh, trying wow. to get ahead enough, and he calls, and he's asking, like, hey, can I come work for you guys? I'm like, um, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even like no. hired yet. I'm not yeah. a technical employee. Yeah. Like we got, we got a long way to go. Once man. we can pay our own electricity. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have an office <laughs> warehouse. Like it, it was, was, it was two months. And I talked to this kid yeah. every single day for two months. But he asked me, where can I like get involved? Advice. We got a brand ambassador program, but I mean, you have a sales background, you know, I, I think you'd be probably pretty good in sales. I can connect with Austin. Yeah. You definitely need some help on that side. And then it's just remarkable. And, and he went, he worked his butt off for, for two months. And in the beginning of the two months, no such position existed for him on our team. Didn't have the money for it. Didn't really have the need for it. Didn't mm-hmm. have anywhere to put him because we were in Logan's basement. <laughs> didn't have anywhere <laughs> yeah. to put any of us. I mean, Fast forward two yeah. months, he was the first person that we considered when we had that spot open. It wasn't even him. He, like He was the guy. It was, how can we bring Colin Frawley on? And we did. We found a way. Yeah. And, and you remember when we looked at his GPA that one? No, never. never. <laughs> never. <laughs> I didn't yeah. look at any like, of that. When you've 
got those intangibles though. Like it's character, yeah. it's drive, it's 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 that. that and we have other kids working for us now that are doing the same thing. And if there are other people wanting to get involved with Kanga or wanting to get involved with any business that you're interested in, provide so much value on the front end. I promise you, it does not go unnoticed. If you're actually contributing to the business, whether it's in, from a revenue perspective, a content perspective, marketing, anything, if you actually are providing value, it doesn't go unnoticed. Right. It never does. Yeah. And you've got to have that confidence in yourself, though, yeah. to know that what I'm providing you, like basically, if you don't hire me now, if you don't, you know, extend me this now, I'm going to show you mm -hmm. what I can do. And I know good and well that once you see this, you're not going to want to go back. Yep. That I know what I'm going to bring to the table. It's that confidence. Frawley had that. And he still has that. He pretty much said, like, okay, well, I'm going to create my own sales position he by did. selling so much. Yeah, but Teddy showed us. A, he's like, I'm going to create this video to show you guys, to show you why you need me. Yep. He did it, and we couldn't look back. It's like, wow, this is what we could be. You saw it. We didn't. Come on, team, man. Let's go. It's like, I mean, that's that's where it is. Like, all these visions come in. We've never posted a job application. Like, oh, come, like, work for us. Everyone that's come to us has been just – I mean, we've reached Grassroots. out. We've reached out, but yeah. it's like uh, even stuff like Ryan McCormick, my intern, even Kyle. Yep. Like my in, my roommate Kyle. Like, hey, we need a website. Oh well, I know how to make a website. We, also need, a, we need a lot it. of stuff, and Kyle is a self-taught like yeah. wow semi. I would never tell That's us his face. Semi genius. <laughs> yeah. Very smart guy. He's um, a mad scientist. Kyle doesn't listen to these podcasts because he thinks we don't don't include him. So <laughs> I'm glad he won't hear that. But. Yeah. No, he, he can, can self-teach himself a lot in that space. We need a lot of that too. So yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I think too, with adding value, it's just, it's so rewarding at the end of the day. Like even if I get a random text, if I listen to minute 35, you know, on your podcast and it changes the way I do this now, it's just so cool obviously being able to produce that, whether it's with work ethic or obviously just giving value in general. So I, uh, I had one more quick question that I wanted to actually kind of dive into just the Shark Take experience. Okay, yep. totally. Awesome. I was wondering, question-wise, when you guys first started, obviously Clemson is kind of a clicky place. You know, people hate on a lot of things. How did you guys kind of deal with whatever haters were out there <laughs> I mean, uh, of using the product? Like, how you know, yeah. it's like Clemson and some other schools and just everyone in general hates on things when they first start. So how did you guys get around? I mean, that's everybody, like, though. What haters, I don't give a crap. About, <laughs> yeah, no, like, that, that's everybody, though. When yeah, you yeah. Product. Like, there's a certain subset of adopters like, oh, this is cool. I'm uh -huh. open-minded. Everyone's is like, nah, man. Yeah, so many me. people are like that. And it's yeah. crazy to think that even your inner circle – won't be supportive. And at least for me, some of my closest friends weren't supportive until after Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. It's like, they why did that it validation. take that? It's like when you yeah. like, we were doing the same cool. thing last week. Then we filmed for Shark Tank, made a deal with Mark Cuban. What, what really changed on our product or our vision or what we're striving so for? Brand, brand that, perspective. And that comes down to, I'm going to show you like yep. the same thing, Frawley with, with Teddy, like I'm going to show you what yep. value we're going to provide you. Yeah. You like beer? You like going to tailgates? You don't like a whole lot of cooler? I'm going to show you yep. every time. And at the end of the day, when, when people, you know, it, it was a lot. Like, dude, I was the weird case koozie guy for a while. Probably <laughs> still am. Nothing's changed. But, <laughs> no. but no, like, I mean, seriously, like, people, like, hate on and all that stuff. I'm like, well, I know this product works. Yep. I know what we're building here. You'll see. Yeah. You'll come. And we, we got to have, have, have to. That. You have to be strong on internally on our side. You have to be willing and wanting to carry a casemate every single place that you go. And that's something that I'm so proud of what our team does. We don't leave the house without one. Yeah. Because there's always an opportunity that we're either going to the golf course, we're going to a tailgate, we're going to a pool party. We will find a situation 
that our product is a better fit for than what someone else in that situation is doing with their case of beer. And it's the most rewarding thing when we see that they're not using it and they see us and they say, wow, wish I had one of those. It changes the perspective. It also changes ours too. It does. Because when we use it and we find that click, it's like, wow. I didn't even think we could possibly use it in this situation. Yeah. Like you had a kickball tournament you went to. Oh, it's my favorite, ever, favorite time I ever used the casemate is we were driving back to a beer league <laughs> kickball tournament or driving to it, and everyone didn't have beer. No one had a cooler in their car. They picked up two cases of beer. I had a casemate. The other guy didn't. We went and sat it down on our bench as we're playing beer league kickball. Mine is in the casemate. Theirs is not. At the end of the hour and a half that we were playing, theirs was warm, mine was cold, and everyone was like... Dude, I didn't it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, why did I have to yeah. take you guys this to see it? But we told you. The scenarios, <laughs> yeah. and, and then that comes yeah. to branding and marketing and making sure we're educating mm-hmm. people on what scenarios this makes sense for. This doesn't make sense for a three-week camping trip. This doesn't make sense for a two-week boat trip. This makes sense for every situation that is seven hours or less. And yeah. and honestly, you take the total sum, most situations. It's most situations. And Dude, if you if you yeah. know that and you believe in that and nobody else adopts that, again, it's... I know where we're going. I know this is it. I know the outcome. Yeah. Right. I know this is going to catch on. I know that I know what value this adds because I've experienced that and we, we believe in what we're doing. Time is the only variable. It's yeah. just how long is it going to take you to realize that? Yeah. Because nobody's going to believe in your dream more than you. And you should never expect them to. I think like I think it's funny because like, I mean, you guys, you guys never really saw like the I mean, bogus talk on campus. We were like, out of yeah, college I mean, you guys when Shark Tank aired. Teddy so, was in college. So, so I mean like around campus, like he, people used to be like, "Oh, so what are you gonna do full time, Kanga?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it wasn't until Shark Tank where it's like, "Oh, are you, now now the question is, oh, are you doing Kanga full time after school?" Yeah, it's completely yeah, changed. it's completely there. changed. But it's, I mean, it was just like I said, it's that overnight just flipping. Like all of a sudden, it was like perceived as cool. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. it, it was just so funny because it's just like the guys that were talking crap. It's just like. You think I don't know that you were talking crap about it's it? Turn, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah it's, I just didn't. But it's, the thing is, it's hey, now I see you carrying one around. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, but hey, man, don't like. I hope what they take away from that is to not hate on someone's creativity yeah. and their idea, and yeah. just to support their friends. I mean. Obviously, if you think it's really that dumb of an idea, I don't think this was that dumb of an idea. That no. It deserved as much criticism as it did. Get, <laughs> I got a lot of, oh, that's cute. It. Yeah, the, that's cute. That's yeah. cute. And then it's then it becomes real. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but yeah. I think I think the coolest thing, last weekend, I went to a darty, and there were, uh, I walked in, there were two casemates, and I saw six koozies around the darty. And the koozies people had brought to the tailgate. Oh, nice. No so problem. they had brought their own koozie like that we had given out at a class talk yeah. or something. And then I had like my camera with me and people were just like, oh, like I want to like let me get on the Instagram page. Yeah. Oh, I want to be on the Facebook. And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like we've created something that people want to be a part of. And we feel that the Clemson family is kind of proud of us. Yeah. And we owe so much of where we are today to Clemson, yeah. to the university resources, to the people that supported the mentors, us from the man. front. Yeah. The mentors, the people who bought in large quantities. When it was a, not a great product. It, it's it's unbelievable. The Uncle so Scott's. It's cool. Yeah. When, when when we have a Clemson student who's proud that Kanga is a Clemson-founded company, it's just such a great feeling. 
Well, that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode and listening to part one. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, and we'll be back next week with part two, where you'll have the opportunity to listen to Kanga's experience on Shark Tank in more detail. And thanks again for tuning in. 